You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Get to more phone calls coming up. NFL Combine measurements. Uh-oh, they're already coming oh. in. Paulie will have some NFL Combine measurements. The pizza story spillover continues. Paulie got a pizza last night, and it almost looked like uh, a volcano, inside a volcano, and there was lava that was dripping off to the side. And uh, can you ask for a replacement pizza? Do you call back? Do you expect something, as Fritzy did? You, get, you want a freebie here. You should. Paulie did not call back. He got the pizza, ate the pizza, and uh, now I would have at least called to say, Hey, I just want to give you a heads up. Love your love your product, but this this is the way it came. You know, in case you guys have a system here, or you need to have a system on how you deliver your pizzas. But I wouldn't be going, and I expect a free pizza like Todd wanted. I wouldn't say necessarily like that, but I'd say, you know, what can we do to rectify the situation? I'm a good customer, and I'm disappointed right now. Make them think that they're going to lose my business, and I'm giving them an, the opportunity. How about, an, how about an apology, sir? I'll just give you an apology that uh, you know, I promise it won't happen again, and I hope you have a great night. An apology is nice, but I think other pizza <laughs> places in the same situation would be media savvy and say, how about we replace and give you free pizza at some point? All right. Also, uh, what you did when you turned 40. Uh, I mentioned... Uh, Tim Legler mentioned when he turned 50, he went out and shot. He wanted to see how many shots it would take for him to make 50 three-pointers, college three-pointers. And he said he made 50 out of 54 shots when he turned 50. I mentioned when I was 40, brought the whole family outside and uh, took a couple of tries and then ended up uh, dunking. Wasn't pretty, but it was a dunk and my family had no idea what it meant and they went inside. Uh, so now we've had some pizza who are uh, people who are talking about that, not only their pizza, but also what they did when they were 40. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. One dude, uh, as you said before, one dude said he fell down a flight of stairs when he turned 40. It's <laughs> 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 just funny. We got some really interesting responses. though. Somebody said uh, I testified before the U.S. Senate and forgot my pants. That's an original one. Oh, um, my wife threw a surprise party for me and I freaked out because I thought it was an intervention. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Uh, This is a sad one. Um, I worked and I had to buy my own lunch, too. That's that's a bummer. Um, On my 40th birthday, I went to a a birthday party for another friend with my then wife. She and I decided a few days before that we were separating, but hadn't told anyone yet. So we had to fake it. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever had to tell somebody it's your birthday? Like remind somebody it's your birthday. I mean, that's kind of sad if you if you turn forty and you have to buy yourself lunch. Buy yourself lunch, come yeah. on, or a drink. Coworkers, yeah, yeah, Paul. I just remembered my fortieth birthday. I was trying to rack my brain. Remember, we had those Yale tailgate. We had a tailgate. We hosted. We cooked. All you guys came down there, and we had a tailgate at a Yale home football game. It was in late September. Mm. That was when my sister brought her uh, Eastern European nanny, to, and Fritzy uh, put the full court press on. Yes, and he did like two hours with the European nanny. I'm yes. all about nannies. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, good show. <laughs> that poor woman. Like, I think she wanted to go back to her home country. Right. She, she was like, deport me. D- you know, just export me. Get, get, get me out of here. I asked her where she was going. She goes, I'm being extradited. I'm like, just making up the story. And that's not true. I'll stop talking to you. She's like, she has, my visa just expired. Her English actually isn't that good all of a sudden. Oh, sorry, my God. Know. Todd was asking the dumbest questions. And, it, it, you know, Todd does this. If there's a beautiful woman, 
he will monopolize. You know, it's it, right. I do that. Yes. I do. And I, the questions are annoying, and I just you know it doesn't give anybody else a chance to talk to that person. We we had people people from a liquor company when Duke played Butler, and we had a party in our man, man cave, the old man cave, and there was one woman, very attractive woman. Todd didn't watch any basketball that night, and neither did this woman, because Todd was... <laughs> and this is a great game. Both missed that last-second shot by yeah. Butler, and I would have won it at the end there. We missed the whole start to finish. Gordon Hayward at the buzzer, and Todd is over there talking to this poor woman. You could just see, it, it, you know, if, if she could end her life, she would probably consider it. She'd be like, I, it's got to be she, less painful. She kept rolling her eyes. I thought she was something stuck in her eye or something like that. I don't know if she, she was like a fluttering. But you ask about her commute. You always do this. It's the same questions. Uh, so uh, where do you live? Uh, how long does it take you to get to work? Uh, what route do you take? Uh, do That's you like going highway? Do you like going back roads? Los Angeles is actually a perfect city for Todd oh. to live in because that's essentially 75% of conversation yes. is how you got to the destination that you're going to yeah. and how long it took there you. There are friends in L.A. that will never see each other because they're just geographically undesirable. It's like, oh, you're already you're in Santa Ana? I'm in West Hollywood. It's, I know. We're just going to never get together ever. Uh, you know, I, I went out there when I was doing Sports Jeopardy, and I remember staying um, Hermosa Beach. And I, I was going to see some some guys, and I said, uh, "Hey, let's get together." And they go, "Well, where are you staying?" And I go, uh, "Hermosa Beach." Hmm. We're not going to be able to. Do. I'm like, really? And they go, "Yeah, you know that kind of factors in of who we see." <laughs> and I thought, okay, well. Good to talk to you guys, I guess. Yes, it's Todd. hours to go just like a couple of miles. I no, can see I where someone would be like, you know what? I don't think I want to give up my entire afternoon and night just to get to where you are. Well, I did that on Friday of this of Super Bowl week. And uh, I reached out to or somebody reached out to me and they said, oh, where are you staying? And I said, oh, we're Marina Del Rey. Oh, because I said, hey, how about lunch? And they said, well, you know, I'm in Burbank. And I go, okay, like, uh, how about one o'clock? And they're like, no, I can't do it. You might as well be on Mars. Yes, because then if we get there and then we got to immediately turn around because it's Friday traffic and we, we, we just can't do it. So I said, okay. So I walked down to the uh, sushi place <laughs> there behind the hotel by myself, sat outside. It's like, all right. Just be here with all my friends. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. NFL combine measurements, Paulie. Hot off the presses. What do we have? Any Anything? It, I this is about? scalding hot. Oh, my God. Scalding hot. Hand Dan- size? Hand yeah. size? Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. He uh, He's the guru of all things measurements. He tweets them out live. So Matt Corral is the quarterback of Ole Miss. Yeah. Considered to be undersized position. His measurement, he is just a shade over six feet tall. Okay. Yeah, big. If there's a five in front of it, it's a disaster. Yeah. 212 pounds, hand size nine and five-eighth inches, which historically is on the lower half, but okay. not bad. Okay. All right. I got the big one, and I hesitate to bring this Whoa. up. Because I don't want to hand shame anybody. <laughs> Kenny Pickett, the quarterback of Pitt. He is uh, just over six feet tall. He's not even six one. Oh, he's taller. He's 217 pounds. He plays taller. <laughs> the smallest hand size I could find in the history of the NFL draft measurements is like eight and a half, eight point seven five inches. Uh oh. Who wants to guess? Can we play the Kenny Pickett hand size game? Okay. <laughs> Do we have music for that? Let's see what Marvin can dial up. Okay. 
Give me a little more volume oh, on this. This is a... Uh... What's this? Newlywed game or something? I don't know. It's just damn good music to me. <laughs> he said, did some research. The picket family is notoriously small-handed. Okay. <laughs> what, do, what do we have? Kenny Pickett's hand size is eight, eight. and one-half inches. Oh. Oh. See, that could hurt you and your bet because maybe they're not going to take him one of the top 13 picks. You've got to refuse to measure your hands. Like, you don't run the 40 or... Disastrous implications for you, Paul. Keep your hands in your pocket. <laughs> the entire combine. Yes, Todd. And what have you said countless times about small hands? Small gloves. Small gloves. Get out of, <laughs> get out of the gutter, people. This is a disaster for me and the Pickett family. Yeah. Not in that order. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got, he's got it. Can he measure again? Can he try? Well, I think he was trying to, wasn't there a, some story that came out that he's double jointed? No, he actually talked about this yesterday at the combine. He has admittedly done exercises to okay. stretch his hands. Oh my God. So this is like max hand size. It's never going to get better than this. And there will be teams that will look at this and actually seriously consider not drafting him because of hand size. But he played in Pittsburgh. He played outside in Pittsburgh. So it's not one of those, well, cold weather. How will you do in cold weather? All I know is, well, this is where you talk yourself out of drafting somebody. It happens every draft where you go, why didn't you take him? Well, because he was six feet and a quarter, not six one. So I don't know if this is uh, Daniel Jeremiah join us tomorrow from the combine. I think we can ask him about this. Is this a real story? Is this a big story? Should it be a big story? Yes. He, Just saying Joe Burrow. Yeah. Nine inches even. Okay. Hand size. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Claire. Clarifying. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Tom. He did just fine. <laughs> if people gather to support Kenny over his small hands, what would they call it? <laughs> Uh, hands across America. Or the picket line, but I like yours as well. Oh. Picket line. Right. Get a picket line together. Leave the guy alone, pick him, even though he's got small hands. You get the picket line. Okay. Hands across America, though, is pretty good. How long, do, how long do we work on that, Todd? Not as long as I should have, obviously. <laughs> can he hold on to the ball? Oh, can he, oh, can oh, he oh, hold oh, on oh, to okay. the ball? Okay, all right. Picket well. line. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Todd. I know you love when I repeat it again. Yeah, it doesn't get funnier. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it makes you more annoyed, it, it, and I take it more it, it deeper to left field. It never gets funnier no. when you repeat. Now you got to bring it back, and you don't yeah. need that. Yes, Paul. If you're Kenny Pickett or anyone close to Kenny Pickett, don't go on Twitter right now, because people are <laughs> mocking up pictures of him with little baby hands. <laughs> like, uh, remember that Jason Momoa bit on the Super Bowl commercial oh, where yeah. his arms are too small? Yeah. Kenny Pickett has these little bitty <laughs> childlike hands. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> And he knew this day was going to come. He knew that this was going to happen. Could you refuse to have your hand size measured? Like you can refuse to run the 40 or throw, you know, the quarterbacks who right. go to the combine, they go, I'm not going to throw. Could you, could you have a pro day where all you do is show your hands? Like that's it. I'm going to do everything at the combine. My pro day, I'm going to reveal my hands. <laughs> the entire pro day. This is it. Uh, Josh in Illinois. Hey, Josh, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, six four two fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, hand size ten inches and a quarter. Okay. 
Um, I just wanted to call in and let Seton know. Uh, I was watching on Peacock that pizza. So what happened um, when they put that pizza in? It was too thin in the middle, so uh, it stuck to the bottom of the uh, oven on the brick. So when they cut it up, they tried to save it, brother. Man, they they did not do a good job on that at all. Yeah. So, so I, I think we've all gotten pizzas before where you go. Really? Did somebody look at this, close the box, and go, yep, that one's good. Good to go. Uh, Austin in California. Hey, Austin, what's on your mind? Hey, guys, good to be on with you. I worked in the pizza industry for five years, and the standard is, Holly, to replace the pizza at free to cost to you. You can't ask for the pizza back. But the etiquette, while you guys might stick your nose up at this, is to re-tip the driver a little bit. And the final thing is, you know, it only costs about $2.50 for a pie. And if you have a quick second for one other story during my pizza days, we had a client who would call in five minutes before we opened at 10.55 every single day of the week. And he would order the cheapest pizza possible, a nine-inch pizza for $5, a six-pack of Coors, and a pack of red apples to be delivered to him at 11 a.m. And uh, I would also like to see if Todd can do any pizza-related sports names, because we all know that's gold. Oh, my God. And then the final thing is, guys, I live in Napa Valley out here, and I'd like to send you uh, some wine. I work at an ultra-premium cult winery, but I do need somebody to sign for it. So if you can put me on hold, I'd love to get your physical address for something to sign for the wine to send you guys some goodies from out here in Napa Valley. Love it, Austin. Yeah. Uh, We'll put you on hold. And uh, Tyler... Tyler will be able to uh, sign for it. Yes. Wine and pizza. Yeah. It's awfully romantic around here. Yes, it is. Yes, Paul. Pepperoni Cycli. Remember the former big man at uh, Syracuse? <laughs> Pepperoni. Ronnie Cycli. Pe- I'm sorry. Uh, you were me. close. That's close. Paul, you were close. Pepperoni Cycli. That's Cycli. close enough. I got to give him a That's pretty that. good. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you have one, Tom? Well, we were just talking about Sauce Gardner, and I was thinking Pie Trainer would be another one. Pie Trainer? Of course, nobody who's uh, you know been around for the last century. Anything else? I feel we could come up with a few others. I don't have it off the top of oh, my head. Oh, okay. I just thought, yes, he... Uh, Kenny Pickett, just back to the hand size quickly. Oh, okay. You know how many fumbles he had at Pitt? Zero. 26. Oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Paulie, Paulie, this is hurting your, yeah. your... Oh, my goodness. Yes, Todd. Larry Doby. Was another one. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm sure there's several Larry, others. Larry Doby. All right. Doby. Uh, let me take a break. I want to... Christian Leitner. Remember the... Crust Collinsworth. Christian. Doby. Anybody else? Meta World Pizza. Okay, all right. I should have said it like Ryan. Meta World Pizza, Don. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's what I did. Okay, you threw a little accent in there. All right, let me take a break. Uh, more phone calls, uh, more tweets, and uh, Tim Legler on Ben Simmons and also the Lakers. We'll have that for you coming up right after this Dan Patrick Show. Stiefel is here to help you. They've been helping manage investments for over 130 years. So, These are people you can trust. And, uh, of course, if I'm telling you that, you can trust them. Stiefel, this past year has brought a lot of change to our lives. And for some of you, that means changing jobs or considering retirement. And there's a lot of questions you're going to have. How do you handle your retirement accounts? Do you have enough money to retire? Stiefel's been helping clients. Your Stiefel financial advisor. They've been doing this for over 130 years. You're going to create a personalized retirement plan, understand your options for claiming Social Security, and implement an investment portfolio designed around your needs. 
Plus, Stiefel clients have access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research and investment strategy views so you can make more informed decisions regarding your portfolio. Find your Stiefel financial advisor at Stiefel.com, S-T-I-F-E-L, Stiefel.com, Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Uh, I've been talking about this. I got to get to it. Tim Legler. Known Tim a long time. And a former NBA player works for the Mothership. And I was asking him about Ben Simmons. And... Uh, Kyle Korver, one of the great shooters in history, is working with Ben Simmons, reportedly working with Ben Simmons. And uh, I asked Tim about where do you start with Ben Simmons if you're going to help fix his jump shot? Well, the problem, I think, with Ben Simmons is, look, there's a lot of guys that can go teach you know, proper mechanics and all those things and, and focus on the right things. I mean, there's no question. So a lot of people qualified to do that. Problem is, how do you change someone's wiring? in their in their brain and i think ben simmons biggest issue is between the ears and i don't know what he has ever done to address that because i really believe and i said this the next morning on the air after that last loss against atlanta that ben simmons needs to spend a good portion of his offseason dealing with a sports psychologist because what i watched was not normal i watched a guy with elite level athletic ability basically um, refused to process obvious scoring opportunities for himself. Yeah, I thought it was really insightful because, you know, when you think about the smallest things or this should come natural, this happens with some of the greatest golfers where they get the putting yips. Um, you know, with baseball players, we've seen them have a hard time throw it over the plate. A catcher, Mackie Sasser, throwing it back to the pitcher. Steve Sachs had problems throwing from second base to first base. Mental things. Chuck Knobloch had issues with this. And then here you have Ben Simmons, who, when you get to, and, and uh, Tim Legler mentioned this, that they had, I think, um, fourth quarter of five playoff games and he didn't attempt a shot. So your point guard, starting point guard, doesn't attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. That's a habit. That's a trend. That's an issue. And that is a fear of failure. I don't know if he's seen anybody. I don't know if he's working with somebody. But for him to succeed moving forward, it's not just the physical aspect of this. You know, his shot's a little wonky because he does flare the elbow out. Uh, you know, he needs to. This is where you just watch Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant starts the sh his jumper on his left side, just left side of his forehead and then brings it back over. But it's very, very smooth. Uh, uh, you know, you, you have to have this opportunity that you're going to take these shots and make these shots. Lonzo Ball the same way. But Lonzo Ball, I give him credit. I mean, he has become when he was playing this year, much improved. But you have to have these moments where you want the ball. I can't have my point guard not want the ball. Not in the fourth quarter. Not with the game on the line. Going to the free throw line. But, that, you know, that mental aspect of this, that's what's tricky. 
He may never overcome this. But if you see somebody, there are certain triggers that they can help you with. I'm going to guess there's visualization here. But trying to teach somebody, I can make your shot look better, but I can't make you look better, uh, feel better about that. Because I, we can go out there now and I could teach somebody how to shoot. But then the games start or, hey, you're down one. You're going to the line. It's a whole lot different than just sitting there practicing, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 free throws. And that's what Ben has to overcome. There, there's so much potential here. And the ceiling is so high. And being with someone like Kevin Durant, even Kyrie, just trying to gain some confidence there and almost absorb what they have. And and that is ultimate confidence in their games. And that's what Ben is lacking. Yeah, Paul. Tim Legler seemed a little frustrated with, um, like he wanted answers to what Ben Simmons has done over the past years to to deal with this. And when Ben Simmons did some uh, media availability last week, people on Twitter said it's none of the media's business about what he's done, if he's done anything, what kind of treatment he's got for any mental health issues. But his camp are the ones who brought this up in the media. On, on November 11th, Rich Paul, his agent, CEO of Clutch Sports, said, I truly believe the, the fines, the targeting by the Sixers, have negative publicity, have been bad for my client's mental health, et cetera, et cetera. He also told teammates, multiple reports, on October 22nd, that he was not mentally ready to play. It, isn't it fair for the media to ask questions about what he's done over the past year? Yes. Yes. But uh, I think a lot of media members are somewhat paralyzed by the criticism. Yeah, it because now we have to find out who you are as a basketball player. With that, I have to ask you, what have you been doing as a person to become a better basketball player? And look, if it gets to a point where it's too sensitive or he doesn't want to talk about it, then that's okay. But, but as a reporter, I'm not making a judgment. I'm asking questions. And, and all you're asking for is just the facts with this. He doesn't have to say, hey, this is how many times I go to therapy. Or this is who I'm seeing. This is what we talk about. I just want to know, are, how are you getting better? Because he can just say, well, you know, I'm, I'm working on some things. Okay. I don't, think, I don't think it's an invasion of privacy to ask about that. And, and look, I might be wrong, but... I would be asking as a journalist, I just want to know how are you becoming a better basketball player? We also had Tim Legler talking about the Lakers, and I asked him, uh, are the Lakers a championship caliber team? To me, there's so many issues. And Anthony Davis, as good as he is, this is more than a Band-Aid he's going to provide. He's going to have to be a tourniquet. He's got to come in there, and he's got to solve all of their issues. And I just think – you don't just go from what I've watched all year, regardless of his talent, to all of a sudden now you're a team that's a contender. Here's what I think. They're going to make the play-in because they have LeBron James. He'll make sure they make the play-in, and the teams trying to catch them are not good enough. So he'll make the play-in. He could potentially even get them out of the play-in. Maybe they get into the eighth spot or the seventh spot. Well, you know what that means? That means you get Phoenix, Golden State, or Memphis. And I do not think the Lakers are beating any of those three teams in a seven-game series. And I know it, it doesn't feel like it's a big game tonight, Lakers-Clippers, but but it does feel like it to me because I'm looking at the Clippers, and I, I think that Tyron Lue has done an unbelievable job this year. And nobody talks about the Clippers because you don't have the star players there, but Ty Lue doing what he's doing with that roster, been incredible. 
and you have the Lakers, and this is where I don't want to hear if you lose, hey, you know what, we just didn't bring it, or uh, you know, not everybody was uh, you know, given 100%. Unless you name names, I don't want to hear about it. Everybody knows the games tonight, you know who you're playing tonight, but you know, how about some effort on defense? No? And you're still waiting for Anthony Davis, and that's why I want to know if Anthony Davis plays, when does he play, how much does he play, and how impactful can he be? Because when they won the championship, I think he led the team in over 10 categories. Like, he, he can give you those things. I just don't know if you can, you know, magically wave a wand and go, okay, Anthony Davis is back, now what? All right, are you guys still going to have effort? Uh, you still have Russell Westbrook. Are you going to play defense? Like, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but you should beat the Clippers. You should, but that doesn't mean you will just because you got LeBron James. And I think LeBron is just looking around going, when can this season end? Because I don't know. You're going to be a play-in game probably, and then who are you going to get? The Suns or Golden State? Memphis? I don't think they can beat either one of those teams even with Anthony Davis right now. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. The Nets aren't playing well, and the team can't get out of its own way. But luckily for the Nets, Kevin Durant suits up tonight. He's been out since January. And Brooklyn's tumbling in the Eastern Conference standings. Before Durant's injury, the Nets were one of the top teams in the East. So when healthy, Brooklyn is as talented as anyone. But they got 19 regular season games left. To get to the top seed is going to be tough. But Brooklyn, nine and a half games back from the top seed. And I, I don't think that they're going to get there. Um, and I don't even know if that's part of their effort. Because I would think with Durant, I, I just want him ready to go in the postseason. You don't know what's going to happen with Kyrie. Chances are he's not going to be playing the home games. But, uh, you know, the team is five and a half games behind the Cavs for the five seed. Maybe there's a late season push. Uh, Cavs have struggled of late, got some injuries. And Kevin Durant coming back. Maybe you play yourself into a respectable seed. But does it matter if you're the Nets? And we brought this up at the time. Don't you want to play more road games? Then you know you're going to have Kyrie playing. So being a higher seed shouldn't really matter. If you're a lower seed, you play more road games. Right? Interesting, interesting counterattack there. Like, we don't want to play home games. We don't want to play road games because you get Kyrie Irving playing for you. Yeah, Paul. The Nets are 13 and 17 at home this year. They are 19 and 14 on the road. Oh, there you go. I, there's only a couple teams. I can't find another team with a losing record at home and a winning record on the road. Dustin in North Carolina. Hey, Dustin, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh, I just wanted to say, as far as the Ben Simmons issue, uh, as someone who also suffers with mental illness, uh, in our world, it's so absolutely vital for people to come out and share their success stories of what works and what doesn't. And I just think Ben Simmons has a wonderful opportunity to do something maybe like Kevin Love did to kind of share his story. And, you know, again, to share the opportunity with so many people who are uh, suffering out there. Yeah, it's a great point. And we saw this with Kevin Love, uh, Meta World Peace. You know, we, we've talked about it. I've talked about, you know, my depression. Jay Glazer has talked about it. It's And growing up, if you had depression, then you had a mental illness. Like you were, that's how you were labeled. 
you, you would never talk about this growing up ever. But now it feels like at least people are receptive to it or understand, you know, understanding far more understanding than they would have been when I was growing up. Yes. Eden. Seems like a tricky balancing act, though, between wanting people to share their success stories while also defending their right to privacy yeah. in these moments. No, I know. I know. But I would have to ask the question. You know, when you when you look back on this, it was Ben Simmons agent who opened the door on this in November, brought this up. OK, so now it's a topic that's out there. And I just think I wouldn't be doing my job if I had Ben Simmons on and I didn't say, how are you making yourself a better basketball player? Recap the last year for me. Let me can I understand that? Can we understand that? And maybe he lets you behind the curtain. Maybe he doesn't. But, you know, it, it doesn't mean that. See, you have to have a success story to share. And Ben Simmons may not have that success story to share right now. But I am curious, how do you prepare yourself for these moments that seem to have paralyzed you before? It'd be great if he did talk about it. Um, sometimes it is better to talk about it instead of holding it in. And, and, you know, you try to keep something private and it just builds up and then it overwhelms you. But when you do talk about it, as Kevin Love found out, Jay Glazer found out, I found out, you know, when you tell people, they're like, oh, my God. And then they have stories to tell you. Then you're not alone. You don't feel stupid. You don't feel vulnerable as much. And hopefully Ben Simmons is able to achieve what his goals are and, and showcase an incredible basketball talent. And maybe he gets that opportunity. Solomon in Los Angeles. Hey, Solomon, what's on your mind? Hey, hey Dan, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, yeah long time Laker fan. Yeah. And I'm telling you, man, it is an important game. The Clippers have beaten the Lakers three times. They can't beat these guys without their without their stars. And just one quick comment about LeBron. Well, the Lakers have LeBron. I've watched him at the end of the Dallas game, the end of the Clippers game. He spent. He's gone. Three point shots, an air ball hit the front of the rim. Turnovers. Couldn't drive. Couldn't. His legs were not there. He barely got a ball above the rim. Um, no. They, the Lakers have LeBron for about three and a half quarters. They better ha they better ha address that as well. And going forward, you can't put the, the, a team on a thirty-seven year old you know uh, thirty-seven year old legs as opposed to twenty-seven year old legs. Those days are over. So Lakers are in big trouble. And tonight is a definitely a very important game. Thank you, Solomon. Yeah, there have been scouts who have pointed this out that LeBron can't take over games anymore. But this was the rationale for bringing in Russell Westbrook because you were going to say to Russ, "You be the energizing bunny. You you take over in the regular season. You spend the minutes. You handle the ball, and we're going to have we're going to have load management on LeBron while he still plays. And you know, Anthony Davis would be able to take a little bit of that pressure off of LeBron. And as LeBron moves forward now, this is the first time where you watch and you realize that LeBron is acting, playing like somebody who's 37, and he's got three more years of playoff basketball on, the, on those legs, on that body. So he's a 40-year-old man out there. And he's still putting up good numbers. It's just LeBron used to be able to have runs where he you know, took away your soul because he dominated. He's not going to be able to do that. But if you if you have what their goal was or strategy was, a minutes 
reduction while he's still on the floor, a load management, and you let Russ just go up and down the floor handling things, you know, hopefully it wouldn't be a car uh, accident like it's been. Uh, and you would have Anthony Davis playing at a really high level. I didn't like the role players. You know, they, they got rid of some role players that I really liked who played defense for this team. And defense is about effort. And I don't see that defense. I don't see that effort at all with these, uh, these Lakers right now. And even the body language. That's what Tim Legler brought up that I thought was really telling. Watch them in the huddle during a timeout. Are they talking to one another? Is there that, you know, that sense of spirit, uh, camaraderie, teamwork? And Legler said, just watch the body language. It's not, not good at all. Like, I want guys interacting, yelling at each other. Like, I, you know, let's get fired up. This means something. Let's play like it means something. And right now when I watch, it doesn't feel like it means anything. It feels like they're just playing out the string. And we might be talking about this tomorrow. Even if they win, we might be talking about this tomorrow. But if you lose to the Clippers again with that lineup, it's going to be topic number one, probably. Take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, and we'll have more hand size updates from the NFL Combine. Yes, we will. Back after this. Hard to believe it's been almost four years since I've been telling you about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting at Full Sail University. We started with four students. We now have 400 active students, over 100 graduates, and they're getting jobs just when they come out. Grads like Chris Burns, Carly Ford, they're on-air reporters. Taylor Schaub got to see him at the Super Bowl. He's the sports director at a station in California. If you or anybody you know is looking to get into this business, give our school a look. In about half the time, you earn your bachelor's degree in sportscasting. You can choose to earn your degree online or Full Sail's beautiful campus in Orlando, Florida. You get hands-on experience in a variety of areas from all facets of the industry being taught by people who have been in the business for decades. To learn more about the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsale.edu slash danpatrick. Once again, Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting, go to fullsale.edu slash danpatrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last call for phone calls. Final results of the poll question. The Kenny Pickett hand-sized fallout continues here on the program. Found that uh, his hand size is uh, one of the smaller hand sizes in combine history. Paulie, uh, anything else here that we need to know? Dan, are you prepared to play the Kenny Pickett small hand size quiz game? Oh, um, no, I'm not. I think but, we have music for it. But let's, uh, let's try it. The... Kenny Pickett hand size quiz. It's for the entire room. He's the uh, former Pitt quarterback expected to be a first-round draft pick. His hand size measured at the combine officially eight and one-half inches. Okay. It's a two-part quiz. 
Is there a quarterback in the NFL starting or backup currently that has hand size similar or smaller than Kenny Pickett? Yes. I'm going to say no. Seen is right. It's a no. There is no one with eight and a half inch hands. Okay. Well, they all have eight and a half inch, half inch hands, <laughs> but they're bigger than that. Yeah, you, you would have to have eight. And a, they don't stop at yeah. eight and a half inches. Yeah. They keep going. That's yeah. it. Okay. Who has the smallest hand size of any starting or backup quarterback in the league? It's Chua almost a tongue of Iowa. No, he's right in the middle. He's okay. got ten inch hands, and that's a kind of a actually he's on the. Upper oh, half. Okay. I have the entire list in order. Okay. Who is the smallest? Here, a hint. He's not known for his passing. He's not mostly known for his passing. Lamar Jackson. Taysom Hill of the Saints. Oh. Eight and three quarter inch hands. That's a trick question. <laughs> Huge shoulders, small hands. That's a trick question. Yeah. Uh, guess who has a second? I say Russell Wilson, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Russell Wilson has the absolute biggest hands in the NFL at ten and a quarter inches. What? Uh, Jordan Love, ten and a half inches, but he's a backup. Okay. <laughs> Joe Burrow has the second, has the smallest hands of any starting quarterback in the league. If you take Taysom Hill away, nine inches, mm. tied with Ryan Tannehill and Jared Goff, they're in the nine-inch club, which is <laughs> can be different in different cities. Okay. All righty. Any other questions about current hands? No, no, I'm good. Uh, I ask. <laughs> At least I think I did. Uh, pizza sports-related names. Uh, <laughs> Fritzy had a few of them. Uh, I added anchovy Myers Drysdale. All right, Ann Myers Drysdale. Oh no, Ralph Garlic Powder. Ralph Gar. I know that could date you back to the seventies, eighties. Uh, Willie Pepperoni. Willie Boxer. Pep- Boxer. Okay. Willie Pep. Oregano right. Begay. <laughs> okay. Margarita Court, tennis player Margaret back in the Court. day. Uh, Mushroom Muhammad. Wasn't there a Carolina Panthers wide receiver? Or was that M- Mushin? M- not Mushroom Muhammad. <laughs> Mushin Ma- Mike Pizza? Mike Piazza. Not Mike Pizza. Right. And Christian Leitner. That's what I You never have anybody from the last 10 years. I, I live in the 70s and 80s. I can't get out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we did get one submitted. A former UConn coach, Jim Calzone. <laughs> okay. All right. We can work with that. Oh, look who called in. Ryan in Honolulu. Hey, Ryan. Aloha! (laughs) Hi, Dan. Um, I didn't know you were going to do pizza sports names, but uh, uh, I've been sitting on these for about 10 years, so here we go! (laughs) Andrew Mickler Pizza Oven! Andrew McLovin. Matt! We got we got baseball star Marinara Rivera. <laughs> All right, friends of the show, friends of the show, Calzone Ripkin. Okay. <laughs> well, how about uh, Parmesan Salisbury? <laughs> okay, Sean Salisbury, Parmesan. You should stop there. And I'm out. Aloha. Okay, thank you, Ryan. I don't think he was out. I just think he took your advice. Uh, very smart on Ryan's part. Parmesan Salisbury. Uh, Anthony in Florida. Hi, Anthony. How do I follow that up? Yeah. Give it a try. Okay. Well, I'll, I'm going to take a pie to the face that the Washington Commanders takes a quarterback with their first pick. Wait, that they do or they don't? They, they do. They do take a quarterback with their first pick. Okay. Well, I mean, they're desperate, so I could I could see that happening. I don't know if anybody wants a piece of that, Anthony. Pie to the face. 
Anybody want to bet against Anthony? No. Nope. I got no takers here. No <laughs> takers, Anthony. Even I know Fritzy wouldn't do it. That'd be taking a chance. Wow. Uh, Marvin, not ready to do that yet. Like, and I don't care that much about the commanders. You want to be a Danette. That's how you become a Danette. You know what? What? I'm in. Well, Anthony, it's, All right. it's you against Marv. Marv says the uh, commandos do not take a quarterback. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. There we got two bets. Now that we can watch the draft, we have a reason to watch the draft. Yeah, Paul. Marvin, making a bet you don't believe in because Dan pressures you into it is may- means you are absolutely a Danette. <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. Uh, let's see. This day in sports history and final results of the poll question, Seton. So which one of those did you want? The, this day in sports history or the well, final no, result? The final results, poll question, Seton, because Paulie does this day in sports history. Okay. All right. I just didn't want to step on Paul. Uh, so we actually changed things up and said, when you're unhappy with a meal, do you send it back? 71% of the audience does not. Okay. I wouldn't send it back, but I would, I would, I would at least give a message to the manager just to say, hey, I don't know if other people are going to have a problem with this. Just want to give you a heads up here. Yes, Tom. I always thought I was pretty assertive, but a few weeks ago I was out to dinner at an Italian restaurant and the food was definitely cold. Either it was served cold or it was sitting somewhere and the waitress took too long to pick it up and bring it to the table. And the manager came around making the rounds asking how everything was. And I said, everything was great. And it was not. And I had a perfect opportunity to address and say, actually, the veal palm was kind of cold. I was a little disappointed. Yeah, but you're passive aggressive. And I want to make everybody feel good and make everybody happy. Yeah. I should have said, this is not acceptable. It's cold for the $40, 50 whatever this entree costs. I should have addressed it, and I didn't. Thank you, Todd. Okay. Yes, Paul. Cold is an easy fix. They just put under the lamps for like 30 seconds. They get right back to your, pl- to your table. That's an easy one to complain about, I think. According to Seton, they spit on it and do all kinds of things to it if you bring it back. I don't want that. I'll just eat it cold. I'm just, well, no, I just, I'm, I believe that that happens. <laughs> so I never, I never send food back. I don't, I don't ever want it to go back to the kitchen and then come back on a plate to me. This day in sports history. 1974, George Foreman knocked out Ken Norton. 1982, Wayne Gretzky. There's a lot of Wayne Gretzky this time of year. Wayne Gretzky of the Oilers in 82 scored his 77th, 78th, 79th, and 80th goals of the season on this day in sports history. Same game. On this date in 1983, Terry Bradshaw admitted to the hospital for surgery on his throwing arm, and he went in under the alias Tom Brady. Like, doesn't that seem wild that Terry used the alias Tom Brady in 1983? Has Terry ever said why he used, did he know somebody named Tom Brady? Fritzy called for Terry Bradshaw. That's a very weird story is what that is. Yes, it is. But it was on this date. He went in for surgery and he went in under the alias Tom Brady. 39 years ago today. Thank you, Todd. What did you learn in today's program, Tom? Tim Legler feels Ben Simmons should have spent the offseason with a sports psychologist. Says the Lakers' body language during timeouts, not good. Good. Uh, Seton, what did you learn today? Legler can still shoot. Yeah, he can. Marvin, what did you learn today? Legler, not money from 25 feet anymore. Yeah, but he can hit the uh, college uh, three-pointer. Paulie, what did you learn? Eight and a half inches could be a bad thing. Fritzy, what did I learn today? <laughs> uh, we were all reminded you dunked in front of your entire family on your 40th birthday, and unfortunately, no one was impressed. No that. one cared. Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee. Segway. Callaway's new Rogue ST driver, the only one built to completely bomb it. 
a uh, spin speed tune to the uh, be Callaway's fastest, most stable driver ever. Callaway has thought through every aspect of speed. All you have to do is go rogue. Find your rogue ST driver at CallawayGolf.com slash go rogue. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Well, one more item. We close out the show, opened up the butcher box yesterday. So what we get is each box contains between 8 and 14 pounds of meat. And that depends on the box that you choose. So that's enough for about 24 individuals for myself and the Danettes. Pack fresh, ship frozen for convenience, save time on your next grocery store trip. And plus, I also love this. I have ground beef for life. That's right. ButcherBox giving new members free ground beef for life of your membership, plus a $10 off coupon. You're going to love it because you're getting the best meat you can buy, and it's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, wild-caught seafood, and it comes right to your door. You decide what you want. No antibiotics, no added hormones, and ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meats right to your home, free shipping for the continental United States. ButcherBox.com slash Patrick. Get two pounds of ground beef free for the life of your membership. Once again, log on to ButcherBox.com slash Patrick to claim the deal. 